This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast. Today, we are talking about feelings. This is part two. So last week, we covered a lot about emotional dysregulation, what that means for those of us with ADHD. I'm just going to quickly recap that. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about how our emotions and what we feel impacts our actions and the way that we behave and, you know, the things that we do or don't do. And we're also going to talk about how to feel and process our emotions so that we can therefore regulate our emotions. So in our last episode, we explored a few key things. One being that we, as people with ADHD, we experience normal human emotions, okay? It is totally understandable to get upset when someone yells at you or insults you. Most people would be upset about that. But the way in which we feel and respond to those emotions can be more intense and can also last longer than it does for neurotypical people. Our brains also have trouble regulating those emotions. Now, regulating those emotions is what allows us to calm down and make good choices when we are upset or triggered. And emotional self-regulation relies on stuff that the ADHD brain usually has trouble with. Hello, executive functions. I am looking at you. (laughs) So things like inhibition, self-soothing, refocusing our attention. I mean, anything with our attention, right? (laughs) Responding in a way that makes sense based on our goals. So in this episode, as I said, we're going to focus more on the importance of feelings, okay, and how to process them and why that is so important. So let's start by kind of clarifying what a feeling is. Now, before we do that, I am going to use the word feeling and emotion interchangeably. Okay, I'm going to use them both. A feeling is a one word description of how we feel. For example, that could be I feel sad, I feel angry or happy or anxious or excited or motivated. A feeling is a vibration that we experience in our bodies. Now, the reason we do or don't do anything is because of how we think we will feel in the doing or having of it. I'm going to say that again. The reason we do anything is because of how we think we'll feel when we do it or when we have it. The reason we avoid anything is because of how we think we will feel and we don't want to feel that way. Okay, our feelings drive all of our actions. Our emotions are everything. So said another way, how we feel determines what we do or don't do. So let's think about this. Why do you keep putting off 
writing that report? What emotions do you feel when you think about writing it? Why do you keep procrastinating your study? How do you feel about doing that study? Why do you hit snooze when your alarm goes off and not get up to exercise before work? What emotions are you feeling when that alarm goes off? Why do you sign up to a six-week challenge at your gym? How do you feel when you think about the weight that you'll lose or how, you will, how it will feel to be fit and toned? Why do you buy that new dress that you just saw online? How do you think you're going to feel when that dress arrives and you put it on? And if you've ever tried to change a behavior before only to end up right back where you started, <laughs> this is why. Right? Unless you change the feeling that is driving that action, that behavior, you will not create a new and permanent habit. Now, I also want to address the fact that we were not taught this in school. I, for one, was not taught emotional management in my school. Okay, if you were, oh my gosh, please write and tell me all about it. <laughs> I have not met anyone who was taught emotional management skills in school. Right, I certainly wasn't taught how I feel determines what I do or don't do. I didn't learn that my feelings drive all of my actions until I was in my late 20s. And just recently, I was coaching a client who is about to turn 60, and I was coaching her on her emotions and changing behavior, and that was news to her. Most of us are also not taught how to feel, process, and regulate our emotions in healthy ways. Okay, we grow up observing the people around us and we observe how they deal with their emotions and then we mimic that behavior. So, for example, when my dad was frustrated or angry, which was quite often, <laughs> he would yell, he would slam doors, but he would also go outside and work on the property and, you know, give me or my mum the silent treatment. Then he would come home at night and he would drink a lot of alcohol. I didn't see him feel his emotions. I, I saw him react to them and do things like he would, you know, you know, eat a lot of cake and stuff. Or he would drink a lot of alcohol, do things like that to try and feel good. I also grew up hearing things like, don't be sad. There, there, you're okay. You know, dust off, get over it. Don't be mad. You should be happy. Cheer up. And I started to believe that negative emotions are bad and should be avoided at all costs. Now, add to that things like TV, media, advertising, you know, social media these days. And it almost implies to us <laughs> that the goal in life is to be happy. And that if we do certain things, buy certain things, you know, lose weight and, and, and get a new house and a new job and all these different things, lots of money. If we do all of those things, we will be happy all of the time. Negative emotions become something that we associate as bad and to be avoided or numbed wherever possible. 
And we often resort to unhealthy behaviors as a means of trying to cope or numb the pain of how we feel. And in some attempt to try and feel better, we'll turn to things like alcohol or overeating of food. Or for me, it was often really sugary foods and and binging on them. It might be online shopping or gambling or binge watching Netflix. Years ago, when I was in a really high stress job and I had a lot of responsibility and I was running a team, there was a lot of, you know, financial, uh, big financial kind of obligations as well. I was constantly anxious. I was like powered, fueled with it. And I dealt with it by drinking alcohol every single night. I used to love drinking um, like bubbly wine or, or like, uh, what do you call it? Champagne, that kind of cheap, cheap, <laughs> cheap version of that. <laughs> but I would buy a bottle basically every single day. And I would drink it started with, you know, one and a half glasses. And by the end, I was drinking three bordering on four glasses and basically a whole bottle. But every night I would drink alcohol. I would binge Netflix shows. Even when I was cooking dinner or cleaning, I would have Netflix Netflix playing or some show something on the tv or on my ipad mini i would carry it around the house with me and would be playing something 24 7 like i couldn't be alone with the silence or with my brain i'd also binge on food especially as i said the sugary stuff and then the next day i would beat myself up i would feel like crap and i would tell myself i'm gonna eat healthy from now on i'm not gonna drink tonight instead i'm gonna go for a run when i get home from work i'm not gonna have any sugary stuff in the house but 5 30 would roll around and that cycle would begin all over again i was so desperately just trying to feel better and avoid the anxiety Life isn't meant to be positive emotions all of the time. Life is made up of a mixture of emotions, a huge range of emotions. When someone we love dies, we will experience grief and sadness. That's a normal part of being human, albeit a hard one to experience, but we don't want to feel positive emotion during that time. We don't want to feel happy. We want to grieve. We want to feel sad. We want to feel that loss. Think about this. Without sadness, how would we ever truly know and appreciate happiness? Without grief, how would we truly know and appreciate love? How could we truly know and appreciate peace and contentment without experiencing anxiety? How could we know and appreciate that feeling of pride and accomplishment without having experienced and knowing what it feels like to to be disappointed or feel like a failure? The goal in life is not to feel good all of the time, but rather to be willing to feel all of it. I want to feel angry when someone speeds along my road, and they do, (laughs) at twice the speed limit. I'm pissed. I want to feel disgusted when I read about a rapist in the news. I want to feel such joy when I see my cats and I cuddle them. I want to feel love when I hug my partner. I want to feel hurt when someone says something mean and hurtful to me. 
I want to feel grateful when I think about everything I have. I want to feel it all. Are you willing to feel it all? Or are you only wanting to feel the good stuff? I've studied a lot of the work of Brene Brown. I highly, highly recommend her work. And she talks a lot about uh, human emotions and how we live, most of us live in this tight little box of emotions. So if you were to imagine an emotional scale and down one end of the scale, you have negative 10 in the middle, you've got zero. And at the, at that right end of the scale, you've got positive 10. Okay. From negative 10 up to positive 10. And if we were to scatter all of the different human emotions that we experience throughout that scale, what she's saying is that most of us try to live in this tiny little tight box of sort of between negative three to positive three. We don't want to feel too good in case it doesn't last or, or in case something bad happens. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want to allow ourselves to feel that exhilaration and that joy for too long. But we also, we hate feeling anxious and we don't like feeling afraid and we don't want to be rejected or disappointed. So we avoid, we do things to try and avoid feeling those emotions and we put ourselves in this tight, tiny little box. It's when we are trying to feel positive and good all of the time that we're trying to suppress, ignore, and avoid our own negative emotions. Okay, we turn often to unhealthy behaviors and we make ourselves bad or wrong for the ways in which we react or respond to how we feel and for the behaviors that we engage in. But my friend, an emotion is simply a vibration in our bodies. It is not something to fear. Unfortunately, due to so much of our upbringing and the association that we have, especially with those air quotes, negative emotions, we often fear them. I promise that you won't go down a dark and deep hole when you allow yourself to feel it and allow it. But so often I hear that from people, oh, I don't, I don't want to feel it because what if, what if I just end up in a hole? In fact, when you're actually willing to feel it, that is when it begins to dissipate. That is when it lessens its grip on you and it starts to release. And that is when you can genuinely begin to change the way that you feel without having to engage in all of those behaviors to, air quote, try to feel better. Think about this with me. If there was nothing you weren't willing to feel, there would be nothing you weren't willing to do. If you were willing to feel failure, you would ask for a raise. You would ask or go for that promotion. If you were willing to feel rejected, you'd ask someone out on a date. If you were willing to feel humiliated, you'd take the opportunity to walk up on stage and say what you've got to say. But more often than not, we avoid those things because we're so afraid of the emotions, the possibility of feeling those emotions. And remember, an emotion is simply a vibration in our bodies. And the more we practice feeling them, which we'll talk about in a moment, the less afraid of them we become. 
And the sooner we're able to, you know, regulate and move through our, our air quotes, negative emotions and move towards something that feels better and is more productive towards our goals and the outcomes we want to achieve. So how do we actually feel our emotions? Okay, as ADHD is, we can learn to feel, regulate and soothe our emotions. This is a skill and we can learn it, my friends. And it requires us, first of all, to get out of our very busy minds and into our bodies, which may be a slightly foreign concept. <laughs> so firstly, you've got to pause. You've got to take five minutes and dedicate some time to actually experiencing what is happening in your body. If you want to set a timer, you can go right ahead. Next up, describe it as if you were describing this feeling to somebody who has no idea what a feeling is and what you're experiencing in your body. As one of my mentors says, describe it as if you're describing it to a tiny little Martian from out of space that has never experienced or felt an emotion before and has no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so go through things like where it's located in your body. If it has a temperature, if it has a color, is there a weight or a texture? Anything that you can do to describe what it is like inside of you when you focus deeply on that emotion, describe that experience. So for me, processing anxiety might look like this. I'm feeling it in my chest. It draws my shoulders down. I feel like I'm being dragged down and weighed down. It's heavy. And it's, it's this big, dark shape. Maybe a dark orange in color in my chest. And it's kind of spinning and fuzzy and moving really, really, really fast. And it's tight. And I feel restricted, like I can't move that well. And it's hot. It feels really hot. Kind of like lava. Breathe into it. Scan your body. Continue to describe that feeling. You can say the same things again. Keep breathing deeply into where that emotion is. So for me, when I'm feeling that anxiety, I'm breathing into my chest. And I'm really focusing on how it feels and describing it, scanning the body, continuing to describe that feeling as I breathe deeply. I like to do this out loud, but I appreciate that's not always an option. <laughs> and after a few minutes of doing it, of breathing into it, scanning your body, describing everywhere you feel it and what it's like. After a few minutes of doing that, it's going to begin to lessen. Now, we must stay present with it in order for that to happen. Okay. And it will start to lessen and, and loosen its grip. Grip. I think I said group. Grip. <laughs> All right. Next up, we want to name the emotion. What are you feeling? I am feeling anxiety. I am feeling anxious. I just want you to make sure that you put the I am and then that, that, uh, sorry, feeling. I am feeling and then that word, not 
I am anxious, okay, because that's saying you are anxious. We're saying you are feeling and experiencing anxiety at this time. And it's important that we create that distinction because you are not anxiety. That's not who you are. You are feeling it and experiencing it at this present moment. Okay, I am feeling anxious. Next up, we want to look for the thought that is causing the feeling. What am I thinking that has me feeling this way? One of the thoughts for me that often creates anxiety is, I think I should be doing more. I should be doing more. That makes me anxious. And then lastly, how do I want to behave when I am feeling this way? What is it that I want to do when I feel anxious? For me, I actually, I, I notice that I want to do less. I kind of want to hop from task to task. I want to do something that I associate with feeling good. Like I, I want to watch some Netflix or I want to go and find a cat to cuddle or I want to, I feel quite frantic. I want to learn something new. I want to kind of do a lot of passive actions that don't really move the needle forward in terms of doing more. Okay. Persistent emotional dysregulation and emotional avoidance can create problems in our relationships, with our work and other areas of our life. When we try to escape or decrease decrease the intense negative emotions like, you know, sadness or anger or anxiety, we can sometimes further develop problems such as anger management difficulties, anxiety disorders, which I myself have experienced eating disorders. I tick that one too. Overspending, I tick that one too. (laughs) Or other potentially harmful behaviors. Okay, when we avoid our intense emotions, we can develop those kind of behaviors. Emotional regulation is a set of skills that can be learned. Okay, if this is something you really struggle with and it's negatively impacting your life, I recommend you get help from a therapist or a coach. Speak to your psychiatrist about what they would recommend for you. And preferably someone with a good knowledge of ADHD and CBT or similar. So CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Okay, you will learn skills to accurately identify your emotions as they're happening, learn how to you know, experience them and allow them, learn how to change your emotions and also develop the ability to be less vulnerable to emotional cues in your environment. Okay, so if RSD, rejection sensitivity dysphoria is something that you experience and that holds you back perhaps, then this could be incredibly beneficial. Okay, and you guys know as a coach, this is the work I do with my clients. So if you'd like to explore working with me, you can book a free consultation over on my website. Visit xenajones.com. Now, a few final things on emotions. It can be incredibly helpful to learn more about emotions. And I highly recommend the work of Brene Brown and in particular her book, Atlas of the Heart. So she goes through and describes emotions in in such a beautiful and powerful way and really Uh, captures the shared experience using all of her research. She captures like the shared experience and, and people kind of describe what it means for them to feel shame or for them to feel anxious. And it's, it's an incredible resource, that book. All of us want to feel better. Okay. 
me included. But when we avoid our emotions, we don't genuinely end up feeling better. When we feel them and regulate them, that is when we can really begin to release them and genuinely change the way we feel. Okay, we want to validate and acknowledge how we feel without judgment. And learning this skill is life-changing. I really wish this was taught in schools. I do. All feelings are valid. All feelings are safe even when they feel scary. Okay, it is brave to feel the big and hard feelings and that willingness to be brave is what allows you to live a big, beautiful and meaningful life. Okay, my challenge to you this week, my friend, is to practice feeling and allowing your emotions five minutes at a time. Okay, you've got this. Huge love. I'll talk to you next week. Hey friend, I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.